Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. Wow, that might be just a little bit too close to home for some of y'all. We should have put the Kleenex out today. Um, But but I I tell you what, you watched a child grow up there. And and you may not know this, but but this team that's with me is the next-gen team today. I I could tell you about the defining moments that we have for for your young people, but I decided it would be better to hear directly from the horse's mouths. Thank you, Mike. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Just how Uh, I wanted to be appreciated today. I did get the right end, though. It wasn't a horse's <laughs> rear end. So, uh, so, so we, we do want to hear directly from the horse's mouth. But you need to understand this. At Northridge, we have a plan for your children. And there are some defining moments that we want to see. In fact, I want to remind you of what Jesus said in Matthew 7. He said there, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. What we want to do is to help you all build your children's life on something solid. We're here to help you. It's, it's ultimately your job. And so the wise man built his house on a rock. It says the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. It, there's going to come a point when your young people go off to college, and what you want is for their house to stand and not mm. fall. And the way that's going to do is because what? We built their house on something solid. And that's what this team is about. And then it says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Then the rain came and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. And that's what we want to keep from happening. And so today you're going to hear from this team, the Next Gen team, about our plan for our young people in this church, for your children, for your grandchildren, and I hope that when we're through, it will also have maybe gone to your heart, because as we talk about some of these defining moments, listen real carefully, because you may not have been there yourself yet, and it might be something that you need. If I was going to tell you today... Uh, What this is about, this is the sermon in a sentence, and it is that we must work together to produce young people who will walk with Jesus into eternity. We must work together. That's what this team is about. They're not about doing the the, the ministry for your kids. That's your job to grow them. They're here to help you. And and so as we get into this, they're going to share defining moments. And I would liken it to to when Kristen starts off, that's the foundation. And and then we're going to build on up through that. And and I hope by the time we end today, you will understand what we're trying to do and you will be ready to join us. And we are already ready to join you so that we have kids so when they go off to college, their faith will stand. So I'm going to introduce you to Michelle. Michelle Neesmith, if you all don't know, she is our next-gen team leader. Now, all the team is in here. She will explain that in a little bit later. Uh, but, but what she's going to do is, uh, is pull out of the team exactly what is the defining moment. What are we trying to do at that age? So, Michelle? Well, good morning, Northridge. I'm glad to be here, and um, it's my pleasure to be able to lead and serve alongside this next-gen team. 
Um, I'm going to introduce Kristen Meyer. She's our children's pastor, and she leads our preschool ministry, and that is for six weeks through pre-K. And we're so excited to have you on the team, Kristen. Kristen, can you tell us what is the defining moment in the preschool phase? Yeah, I love this age group. Um, To me, the real defining moment for a preschooler is when they really are able to know and understand God's love. The phase between uh, birth and age five is huge. Um, We have a really unique opportunity because we get to be the ones to pour um, the love of God into them and really be able to help them know and understand it in their heart and in their mind. Um, One of the things that I love about preschool ministry is that with babies and toddlers, you know, before they can even communicate with us verbally, they really begin to associate the security of their surroundings. And so it's things like hearing um, music about God's love or being around a familiar voice that's telling them that they're special and that God loves them. And the importance of that is it really lays the foundation um, that's over time going to be hard to undo because it's something they've been hearing from a very early age. So the preschool age is the very best age to lay that foundation that you spoke about, um, especially as it comes to our Heavenly Father. Um, It's our desire that Uh, when kids come into preschool ministry, that they'll be able to know that God loves them just as well as they learn their ABCs and their one, two, threes, and that they'll have that strong foundation that will help their faith to really develop and become authentic over time. So, so Kristen, tell me, when do you know that a kid has gotten it? I get to hear lots of stories from families because the families get to experience that sometimes more than we do because they are around them more. Um, but just, just a while back, I got a video from a parent of one of their little ones, and they were able to say our memory verse independently with lots of hand motions and a lot of enthusiasm, and they were proclaiming that God loves them. And this was a very young child. Um, I hear lots of stories like that. And I think that our difference makers and our families in our preschool ministry would agree that one of the most heartwarming things to see is when a child, sometimes as young as two, is able to know and proclaim that God loves them. Um, I think that that's the kind of stuff that over time will really stick, especially with consistency. Um, So it's stories like that that Uh, remind me that what we do is not at all babysitting. It's not at all just childcare. In fact, I'll cringe if I hear people say that because what we do is truly laying a foundation of faith. And that's huge in the life of a kid. You get mad at me sometimes because I, I call it child care. I slip or I call the kids knee biters and then you get mad at I me. I do get mad about oh, that. I, I might know. throw things. Yeah. yeah. So, no. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, one of the things that's been so neat, Kathy teaches the uh, three-year-olds yeah. and I'll have a kid come up to, I'll see a kid come up to her in the store and run through their memory verse. I, I, so yeah. you are doing a great job oh, of getting through. We so, love it. I think yeah. our team is amazing. Yeah. So, um, so what you were just saying though is that you're the most important team uh, because you lay the foundation. I mean... If you said it, I, uh, okay. I tend to agree with that. 
Um, Kristen also leads our elementary ministry, which ministers to kids and families in kindergarten through fifth grade. And Kristen, can you share with us the defining moment um, for that age? Yeah, um, so I have two elementary age kids myself, and so this is very important. Um, I really believe that the defining moment for an elementary age child is when they can become inspired by God's love, but also his character. Um, there's a lot of development that happens between kindergarten and fifth grade. Um, but I think that there's a common thread, uh, whether you're a kindergartner or if you're in fifth grade, and that is the need for relationships. Um, kids need, at this age, they need to know and experience God's family um, in a way that uh, can af affirm them mm -hmm. um, and also so that they can have a model of what godly character really looks like. Um, so that's why this is a great age to, to really emphasize and introduce the character of God. Kids need to hear stories. They need to hear background about what it looks like to really live a godly life. And so I found that when elementary age kids um, can be guided with love and also with consistency, then that introduces them to some really important principles that we think is going to transfer to, to their life and is going to transfer into their relationships. Um, I think that we would all agree that when you have a relationship with someone, that is the best stage to um, to really uh, help someone grow deeper in their faith, um, to learn how to make wise choices, uh, and how to learn to be kind towards others. And so a lot's happening at that elementary age to build upon that foundation that we talked about. Right, and I think those relationships allow for um, influence to happen. It's through those relationships that you gain the right to be able to influence those kids mm -hmm. with God's love. Absolutely. Now, I got to ask you, which, which of the Bible stories seems to excite the kids the most? <laughs> well, yeah, so um, I love this because, you know, kids in this age group, they get pretty pumped up about stories, um, especially the ones where uh, God kind of shows up in a way that's unexpected. Um, they really love stories where he's victorious. And so I guess my, my first thought is the story of David and Goliath, where oh, yeah. God uses, <laughs> um, you know, someone unexpected, someone young, someone unassuming to defeat the enemy. Oh, yeah. They love stories like that. Um, and I think that they also love stories that really demonstrate hope and perseverance, um, kids need to hear that. They need to know about those things. Um, that's a powerful lesson to learn in their lives. Wow. Yeah. Mine, one of mine was uh, Samson with the jawbone yeah. and slaying all those people. That was incredible. Yeah, they like of, violence too. Yeah, they yeah. like violence, <laughs> especially the guys. Yeah. They want to go out and slay somebody right away yeah. after that. So uh, yeah. we're not into violence no, here. Let me, just violence. Okay. No, let, let me apologize for getting off the course here. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about stories and, and how much they impact us. And the stories that we remember from our childhood. And um, for those of you who grew up in church, I'm sure there is one story that you can remember that was told and taught to you that you can still remember now. And I think it's important through those stories that um, they begin to see who God is and, and how he can shape and mold their lives. So, that's great What's story. your favorite story, Michelle? Mm, let me think. 
This isn't I, on the script, so she has yeah. to think for a minute. Well, I like the story where um, uh, Saul is in the, um, in the tent, and um, he, um, well, I, actually, let me read that. I like Jonathan and, um, and the best friend story and just what that means and, um, and the family that um, he was able, they were able to be for Jonathan and, and how that shaped and molded him. So it's good. All right. Well, you may notice that we actually have a part of our team that is not here today. Mary Helen actually graduated from Liberty University yesterday. With her master's. Way to go, Mary Helen. Unfortunately, she is stranded. She could not get a flight home. She was in Lynchburg, and then she, now she is stranded in um, North Carolina. However, we are going to get to hear from her uh, today. And uh, Mary Helen is our middle school pastor, and she leads and invests in our 6th through 8th grade students. If you look this way. Good morning. If you are watching this, it probably means that I am still waiting in Charlotte, North Carolina for a flight out back to you. Uh, but I wanted to share this morning something that I thought was a defining moment for our middle school students. Now, in middle school, developmentally speaking, a student is developing the ability to think about what you think about them for the first time in their lives. Think about it as a muscle. It's always there, but it hasn't really been flexed. And so something that students need to know in this phase is that their identity rests in Christ alone as a son or daughter of him. And so that would be the defining moment for middle school, is then when, when they figure out that their identity rests in that and that alone, and even though they're growing up and mentally they're changing and physically they're changing, they don't have recess anymore and they're responsible for homework for the first time and they're going to practice, but they also have to go to bed on time and all of these things are changing, their identity in Christ is the one thing that doesn't change. And if that can become a defining moment for them in middle school, then they are set forever. All right, so you just heard from her, stuck in an airport, but that middle school age is probably one of the most important. You may not realize this, but, uh, but as middle schoolers, there are college, uh, the colleges that begin looking at them for the future in athletics and in, 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 in the, the academic side. And so we want to ha help you understand that. So, so Michelle, why, why is this age so hard? Oh, I think middle school is a tough year because there's so many things fighting for their attention. Um, whether it's pe uh, peers, um, whether it's social media, um, technology, there's just so many things that are trying to, um, to grab them and pull them in that direction. And so I think it's important um, at this phase for them to really know to have that foundation that their identity is in Christ so that they're not distracted by all of those things that are trying to come after them. And I think when they can grasp that concept of who they are in Christ and carry that with them, it enables them to make the right choices and to be able to share that faith with others. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard age, okay? It is. All right. All right, um, next we have um, Brian England. He is our high school pastor, and um, he pours into the lives and families of our ninth through 12th grade students. Hence all the gray hair, if you haven't noticed. So, 
yeah, so the, I guess the question would be the defining moment. And yeah. um, so for, there's so many things that a high schooler goes through uh, in so many different phases and they change so fast. Not we could say that for every phase. Um, but as a high schooler, as they're getting close to the end of their high school career, one of the things they want to say to us as parents, uh, maybe as grandparents, is I've got this. Meaning I want more responsibility. Uh, what I believe in their faith life, where we need to challenge them, and their defining moment for them would be when they own their own faith. Mm. And when they, now I'm not talking about a decision that they may have made in middle school or earlier on, or maybe it was early in high school. I'm not talking about a one-time decision. And while that's great, and we definitely want to celebrate it because that's a step, what I'm talking about is they've decided to live their life for Jesus. Um, I've got a small group leader and myself, and we meet with a group of guys, and it was a, we opened it up to all high school, but the way it kind of worked out, it was really just five high schoolers, five ninth graders to be exact, who could not drive. So they made the decision on their <laughs> own to wake up their parents early. I was we one of those parents. Michelle, but yes, she was one. Uh, we met at Chick-fil-A at 6.30 in the morning, and uh, we would have Bible study. And it was, no one was teaching. I was not the teacher. Their small group leader was not the teacher. We, we just opened up God's word. We studied it and all learned from one another. Now, at the end of eight weeks, we did it for eight weeks, went through two books of the Bible, and we asked the question, so who's now doing it on their own? The majority of the guys that were there said, I am. I'm reading through the book of Matthew. Well, I'm doing a study through you version. Now, that's just one example of, of a student in ninth grade who begins to own their faith because they're building on that foundation that they've learned. Um, but here's, the, here's one of the issues. During this phase, just like Michelle was talking about how we have things in middle school, it only amplifies in high school the things that pull us in all different directions. They've been exposed to enough culture, media, peer groups, maybe even some have jobs and in their work group where they're being pulled away or questioned about their faith. And they're starting to come up with questions of their own. Is this really true? Why should I believe this? And so many high schoolers don't feel like they have a safe place because we've been told and we, get, we tell them so often, you just got to believe this. So they push back and they don't feel like it's a safe place. We cannot do that. We cannot snuff out their flame of wonder and discovery. We've got to encourage and walk with them. I think what I, I love this passage in Luke as he's writing to one of his friends, Theophilus, and it's just an opening of, hey, this is why I'm writing you this letter. But it's found in Luke chapter 1. And just focusing in, Luke's writing to his friend. He says, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I decided to write an orderly account for you. I think we as the church and we as the family can learn from this and that we can create a safe place where it's okay for a student to challenge us, to push, well, mom, why do you believe that? Well, dad, do you really believe that a big fish swallowed a guy? I mean, why? It's okay for that because let's walk with them. Let's investigate with them. Let's wonder with them in this so that at the end, when they get ready to leave and go out into the workforce or into a college campus, we can say with confidence they have owned their own faith. Okay, Brian, now, I know this happens occasionally. You, you have an 11th grader, maybe a 12th grader, and they're beginning to question their faith. What would you say to a mom and dad that are going, is going through that right now? That's a good question. Uh, look, I, I believe in leveraging technology. 
you ask any high schooler, hey, what's Netflix? They're going to tell you, and they're going to have an account. They're going to exactly know. There's an amazing movie called The Case for Christ on Netflix. I would sit down, carve out a family movie night, watch it, and this is a story of a gentleman who discovers faith for himself. He's a doubter, and he discovers and says, you know what? Let's do that as a family. Let's put that in action. You can Google the Case for Christ studies, and there are all kinds of free studies over the Internet, so you don't even have to pay for it. Just check it out on Netflix. I'm sure if you don't have an account, your high schooler does, so just log into theirs and watch it. Should we know about that, that they have an account? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> also, it's good to monitor what they're looking at. Yeah, so okay, that's a, okay. yeah. So, you should okay. know that. Yeah. And, you know, as a, as a former campus minister, I used to blame Brian and, and, and other youth ministers why they didn't prepare uh, the, the young people enough for what's going what's gonna to happen at the college level. But now I understand I have to blame Kristen even more so because you know, she had the foundation. But it really is. And it brings me to to a statement. We often attribute the statement, it takes a village to raise a child uh, to to Hillary Clinton, but it's really an African, uh, it's really an African saying. But I would change it to this way. It it takes a church to raise a a child. And and it isn't just the next gen team. It It is us as a whole. And, you know, the, the, the scripture from Proverbs, Proverbs 22, 6, it says, start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. You might have remembered it this way, train, train children in the right way, and when they are old, they will not stray. So, so that's really what we're talking about here. In, in the defining moments, it, 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 the first one was just simply building on the foundation of God's love. Uh, if you were raised this way, my mom and dad used to tell me the police were going to come and haul me off if I didn't behave. <laughs> they told me that a lot. But, you know, for, because of that, what, what is the, the, the picture of police that I have? That they're out to get me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know what we're trying to do in, in Next Gen is this. It is, to, it is to give them a proper picture of God loves them and wants them to succeed, and he's doing that. And then just to begin to inspire them with God's love and stories of his character, and they begin to be inspired by God, and that begins to change them. And then once they get that identity, in middle school, they're deciding what team they're going to be on, who they're going to be with, and if we can get them to put on Christ... And then there at the end, if they can just own their own faith, that means, and this is what's so excited is when you see this, is when you see a young person, when you see a young person that owns their own faith, and they walk off into the college years, and they begin to make a huge difference on the college campus and throughout the world. So I want to tell you all what I need from you all, and I think the team would agree with me here. Number one thing is prayer. We need you all to pray. You can pray for the, the, the youngest ones to grasp God's love. You, you can pray for the next ones that they would be inspired by God. Uh, for, the, for the middle schoolers that they would grasp their identity in Christ. And for the high schoolers that they would own their own faith. But I would also tell you to pray for this team. Because their job is so very hard. Uh, I wouldn't have their job. I did it one time. But you know what they are constantly doing? They are constantly day in and out recruiting people to work with our young people. Do you guys ever hear this word? Uh, I, I can't know. Uh, I've been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we hear that just one. A, just a few times. Just a few times. <laughs> so first you start praying. You're praying for this team. And then you answer the prayer. And that is this, is that you, 
is that you become a difference maker with the next gen team. If you want to have something that's rewarding, is you begin to invest in a little child. I love to hear the stories that my wife tells me about the kids that are getting it. I love to see our high schoolers that are showing up at 6.30 in the morning. Does Chick-fil-A even open that early? Yeah, we got there first time, I think at 6, found out the hard way at okay. 6.30. Okay, so, so yeah, you know, they're, they're getting up. Now, that excites me. That excites me they're doing that. And from the kids that, that, that grasp a hold of the story, and from that middle schooler, it finally begins to, to get their identity from Jesus. So you could be a part of that. And the neatest thing for me is, is in ministry, I'm, I'm 63 now, and I'm sure Tim would say the same thing, is when we look back in, in, our, in, in our wake, and there are kids that now are leading churches and, and leading parachurch organizations, that, that, that we've had a part in their lives. And so I just tell you, being a difference maker will change your life. So we're asking for some of you all to say, I- I'm ready to step up. The, 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 the second part of that being a difference maker is something we ask you to do here. And that's if you're going to serve as you worship one and you serve one. Why do we want you to do that? We don't want you to go down there and just work because you need to be fed also. But there's one more thing I want to ask you to do, and that is to invest in one. Invest in one. You can get with these folks, and can I tell you what they will do? They will give you the name of one child that you can begin to pray for, that you might be able to send a note to. They're going to give you a name that maybe you can invest in them. Right now, Brian is looking for people to invest in young people they're going to CIY. That means that you're going to pray for them. That means that you might send them a note of encouragement. That means you might help them to have the money to go because it's expensive. Or or then again, River of Life. And, And we have kids that are going to camp that I know could use some help. And that's one way to invest. And as we as a church invest in young people, can I tell you what will happen? It will absolutely change us. I get, I get this all the time. I had a group of eight ministers here this week, and they asked me, Mike, what, what makes Northridge grow the way it has? What makes Northridge a great church? And I would point to this team uh, because they have done an incredible job. So uh, uh, please give them a hand. <laughs> What I want you to do right now is to, to, to hold your hands out. We're going to pray for this group, and, uh, and then I've got a couple more things that I'll say. Father, right now, I thank you for the next-gen team. Father, I thank you for the hours of sacrifice they've given us. I thank you for the love that they have shown us and uh, in, in, in the way they have poured into our children. Uh, Father, I pray that they would have workers. You tell us to pray for that, Father. I pray that they would begin to see leaders raised up. I pray that they would begin to see lives changed. Uh, Father, I thank you for this team. And uh, get Mary Helen back here safely. Hmm. And Father, I just pray that you would help them as they, as they uh, serve you and help us raise our kids. And Father, I pray for the people sitting in this room right now uh, that they would become involved and know the joy of seeing young people that come to you. I pray this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want to talk to you real quickly about something that I think is probably true. How many of y'all maybe heard something in what they talked about today? That you say, well, I really haven't satisfied that in my life. 
It, it might be, uh, you, you may see God is out to get you, so you need that foundation of God's love. It, it might be that, that, that you aren't really inspired by God's word and his love and those great stories. It may be that you haven't satisfied whose team you're on and the identity that you need to have. Or it may be that you're still having doubts. And so as we wrap up today, what we're going to do in just a second is we're going to sing that song, Lord, I need you. And maybe today there's somebody here that needs you, uh, needs him. Now, there might be some different reasons. You might be saying, Lord, I need you uh, because I'm raising a teenager. And maybe you want to come up here. This team is going to be up front. Some of our elders will be up front to, to pray with you if that's it. You might come up and Lord, I need you to help me satisfy in my life your love for that foundation. I might need your help in my identity. And so we're going, to, we're going to go ahead and stand up and sing. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. And this is what I want you to hear. You know what? I still battle sometimes with doubts. I still sometimes battle with my identity. And so I'm just saying, if that's something that we can help you with, we would love to pray with you. So if you'd stand up and we're going to sing, Lord, I need you. And if you need him, we'll be up front for you. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.